0: what's going on everybody welcome to a special edition of one nation radio here i'm your host rich lad of course my co-host james boy james what's going on man
1: i'm doing all right i'm doing the larry's fiscal deal from nitro you yeah
0: know, you got you intro know. In. yeah so <laughs> uh we got a lot to talk about so we're live on uh like four different platforms at once i believe we're live on youtube twitch facebook and periscope at the moment and periscope all right yeah, so, and then, so Yeah, I, I'm I'm trying to find all ways uh to, to get us out there. So, um, if you guys are catching this on the feed right now, hit us with a like, retweet, share, anything like that. Um, this is like the first one of our uh, end of the year type shows uh this year, um, and I think we're starting with the best. So, <laughs> James, what has NXT takeover been uh this year? Essentially, like if you could summarize, like how good has been and what is meant for the culture of wrestling.
1: I mean, for any hardcore wrestling fan, uh, you have to say that these are among the best um, major shows uh, in North America um, this year, uh, or amongst them. Um, all I mean, obviously, All In is a show of the year contender, but so are some, so are these takeovers. Like pr- basically every single one of them, right? Um, and these are amongst the best shows in WWE history, regardless of uh, developmental, not developmental, third brand, whatever the hell you want to call it. These are amongst the very best shows in WWE history. And um, they, I mean, I think Triple H and all the people that are involved with, with this process should be proud of the work they're doing. Because like, they're putting on mat- legendary matches, and matches that like. Um, that are that are showcased for these people that you know a lot of people that have you know had different paths to get to wwe and or this you know this um sector of wwe but it's still really cool to see every single every single um takeover to like you know that you're going into you're going into it with high um with high expectations and they pay and they're able to um meet your expectations or exceed them all the time and it's you know, like, these are some of the very bright spots amongst the company, and um, I'm, I'm happy that they did this, like, I don't know wh- how I will feel about the product right now. WWE is a company as far as their wrestling product without TakeOver, NXT in general, or the stuff on the network, really. Um, so, I'm... Uh, you know i'm i'm keep up the good work because y'all doing great work y'all doing the lord's work basically
0: yeah like and and the thing with the takeovers and i've been like you know kind of studying them uh the past you know couple of days or whatever like th- as great as they feel like they've always been they've like gotten better throughout time and there's like a clear line you can draw from like when we used to just see like two great matches and you know oh whatever whatever else was on the card with it it's literally gone from like two great matches the four great matches to everything is hitting on there at all times. And what they've done is they've created something like the NXT takeover brand itself is on par with, any other wrestling brand, like of all time, like, you know how people are nostalgic about starcades, like the first, you know, beginnings of them, you know, how people feel about WrestleManias, is, but when you like examine WrestleManias, you don't get the same quality that you get from a takeover. It took them like 17 years to really do one where it was like, this is crazy. Like if you just go all the way yeah. down, you know, the whole yeah. card, but NXT, they've had the uh, luxury of always having new acts they've had new stories to tell and they've had some of the best wrestlers like <laughs> that you know have, have north has ever seen so um i guess we can you know like basically nxt take over uh leading into this year with it uh was nxt war games in houston last year and that was thought to be like kind of a down takeover and then it was awesome that night and around that time it was like wow can nxt keep you know, restocking the deck. Can they keep, you know, just everything going, keep the star power rolling? Little do we know they were in store for their greatest year ever. And at that time I abandoned the mentality of, can they keep it up? It's like, yes, they can keep it up. They're always going to find more people and they're always going to book this shit. Right. There's literally nothing that's going to slow them down unless they start booking it. Like, you know, the main roster or something.
1: Well, I don't want to get into whether they book stuff right all the time because, like, I mean, there are a lot of people that are unsatisfied with where we've gone with Johnny Gargano in um, the direction he decided to go with that, um, including me. But he's made the most of it because he's a very talented guy. Um, but, uh, you know, they, 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 they're not perfect. But the thing is, um, you don't feel like you don't watch NXT and feel like these people just did things for no reason or right. did things without thought or care for um the future so that you know so like you have you they have built up such a goodwill in a bomb um in uh um well i'm just gonna say just leave it at goodwill like they built up so much uh goodwill that you know incredible the worst credibility i don't know why it's always so long to find credibility but they built that with their with this fan base or with their fan base to where you can, you can you know like you can trust that you can feel like you can trust them, um, and you know you hear these um, these Triple H press availabilities like the week going into Takeover every Takeover, um, and it's very and they're very more very much more um, transparent with. Um, their thoughts on what they want to accomplish um, for that brand, and also expanding like WWE in general. Um, their so on what they want to do. it's for me, it's more of a. Uh, I've to talked to you about this off air. It's more of a like Stanley in the in the bullpen, um, having a more of a. More like, a, hey, this is fun. Let's, you know, and 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 I'm, we're with the fans, and we actually care about what the fans think, or at least they. At least that's what they uh, put. That's what they. That's what it feels like. So it, it's. It just feels, you know, it feels like there's more of
0: a. Um, there's a sense of community in a sense, like with NXT. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, I guess I mean because obviously you know the we are NXT, but I was saying like. It just it just feels more like you're you're just able to trust them more, as opposed to like you've been burnt with all the heat in the world and whatever else. I, not even, I'm not even gonna get into the main roster, but you get my point. Like <laughs> feeling like they just do things just to do them, as opposed to this for a purpose or roster positioning, or whatever else. Like there are there are critiques of NXT as far as the roster positioning as well, uh, but at the same time, like by the at the end of it, you get paid off with. Compelling storylines and um, and wins and losses mattering and like I'll take that over virtually almost any other thing like you you have to offer me. Um, If you're gonna tell me, if you're gonna tell a story, tell stories and be able to uh, stick with them for the most part, and then also pay and also pay them off with wins and losses that matter. Like that's that's kind of what my I want my wrestling to be. I don't want oh you know. You got your ass kicked, and then like next week another top the shot. <laughs> oh, like you just got like, or you just got beat the hell up and 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 pillmanized, and then like you just shake it off and walk off, and then like other people are get pillmanized on the show, and they got ne- neck braces on. And it makes everything look goofy and wacky, and like it just uh, for a fake sport, you're making everything look fake. So it's like, why should I trust everything? I was like, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think I've rambled on enough. But yeah, like I've I appreciate what they're what they're doing in
0: NXT. Yeah, just looking at it like up and down, like this was the year like where they started breaking through to the quote unquote five star uh, match threshold. And I think that's, you know, uh, been the work of one man, uh, Johnny Gargano, uh, whether you start looking to what he's done um, with Almus, with um, Tommaso Ciampa, with uh, Alistair Black. Now, if there was one guy that you're going to call the MVP of takeovers this year, I believe it's him uh, probably followed by Ricochet. Um these guys have just been, <clears throat> like, with Gargano, they've, they've fucked up his, <laughs> his character in a sense. They, they've wasted his, uh you know, his, his, what should have been crowning moments for him and let him kind of experiment. And he's been in NXT so long, it's almost like he kind of had to do that in a sense. Uh, you could have left him as as a baby face the whole time, but, like, once you start thinking about, okay, what can the advantages be if he turns? Like, now he gets to fight the rest of the... Uh, good guys like uh, at NXT, uh, Jacksonville the other night, they did a Johnny Gargano and Keith Lee match. So I signed me up for that. So, um, but yeah, man, like takeover this year has been real. And we're going to start right at the beginning. So the first takeover was NXT Takeover Philadelphia, which was the same weekend as the Royal Rumble. So as far as the match card goes, um, so we opened up with the tag team match for the NXT Tag Team Championships, the Undisputed Era. Uh, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly at that time defeating the Authors of Pain for the tag titles. Um, Cassius Ono took on the Velveteen Dream. Um, Ember Moon defeated Shayna Baszler. Um, Dream also went over in that match with Cassius Ono. Aleister Black beat Adam Cole in an Extreme Rules match. And then Andrade, San All and Johnny Gargano have that classic, which ended up getting five stars by Dave. Um, with And they went 32 minutes in a classic wrestling match, one of the best you'll ever see. So, like, do, what are your um, immediate memories of this show, James? And anything, you know, if you can, you know, think like, you know, trends you saw noticing or, you know, anything like that. That
1: was the, was that the ember and Shayna where ember uh, sneaks Shayna yeah okay so um, yeah so you have that uh, I thought you know um, I, I, I enjoyed the match that they were having at the time ember and Shayna and, Shana, and um, I thought to myself that they booked themselves into a real uh, corner which is something that WWE or that Net, or, sorry NXT doesn't do at nearly the frequency that WWE does. Whereas, like, okay, Ember um, is this woman that has lost and lost and lost because she was, um, you know, just basically the second best. Um, and she wins this title now that Asuka has moved on. And you're happy for her, uh, but she's not a strong promo, um, but she can wrestle her ass off. And. You have concerns for now that Shayna is at the forefront, and Shayna is being presented as um, this legit force, like the next coming force. That she basically is going to be made to look pathetic. That she won the title, The Oscar is now gone, mm-hmm. and then Ember is just going to lose it to the first, the very first time that she gets a chance to defend it to this next coming. Um, Monster,
0: yeah, <laughs> and
1: it, yeah, and it's gonna make her. And it was gonna also devalue like NXT's NXT women's title. Um, as far as like you basically just made a transitional champion, and this is like the, the best protected belt in the entire company. Um, so I thought that I thought it was I thought the way they got out of that match where she sneaks Shayna, Um Shayna is dominant. More or less, um, that's been her whole – let's just take a step and look to the future. That's set the course for what her career has been in NXT now, where she's just bully um, who can't be beaten unless she's caught. Basically, she has this – almost like a Achilles heel of she gets overconfident and she gets caught, and that's how she ends up losing. So that, so that like that from, so you have that part where like she's dominant, but she can lose. And it's not like, you know, it makes her any le- look less dominant dominant because she loses on occasion. Like it's a, she is going to it somehow, some way eventually get to the point where she is going to um, reach a moment where she can, um, is basically um, on the way to winning. And then she slips on a banana peel. And, that, and, that, and that's cool. Like that's the way how a you keep her to where she's not being cheered because you want her to be a, a heel, but you know, like, um, the Jim Ross thing when Rusev was on his run was like, eventually when he's winning all the time and he's not backing down ever, he's going to yeah. be turned to face because he's an ass kicker. And
0: sure enough. Yeah, <laughs> he was right
1: about that. Um, and that's kind of similar to the Shana thing. Like Shana does spicable things. Um, she's, and she also is a coward, but she also is a coward at times because she's a bully. And then she also, but when it comes down to it, she's gonna get in the ring and eventually she's going to have a chance to put you away. And it comes down to whether or not somebody, you know, simply outsmarts her or bests her or for just just for three seconds at a time and catches you. Um, so that's cool. And then on the other end with Ember, it it legitimized the fact that the chase was the chase that she went on with Asuka and the fact that she actually won it, it was worth it as opposed to uh, we probably should have just like came up with any other reason or just brought Shannon in immediately and put her in there and made her the champion, like almost like similar to Paige, right? Um, she got to the main roster. So, like, I so I enjoyed that story. It, it for me, it was, it was, um, it was very fulfilling. Now, um, though that's that's my that's the number two memory for me. The number one memory was that match with Almas and, and Gargano. Um, I think for me, it's probably the best wrestling match in WWE that I've ever seen. Um, as far as uh, it's a wrestling match, it's not all these shenanigans. Like, and there was, you know, there a bunch of interference from Selena, but it was also paid it off. Made, it made teams, a lot of
0: sense. <laughs> yes,
1: it, 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 it was. It was all of that got all that got answered. The only the, it's a perfect match. Aside from the finish, that's it. The wrong person won, but other than that, it's a perfect match.
0: Yeah, I remember at the time thinking, uh, like I was wanting almost to go over at the time, and <clears throat> if like he had just won the belt previously uh, before that, so I, I didn't. I don't agree that like the wrong person won or anything based on like where they ended up going. Could you say that maybe? But almost needed something too. And he was like a guy that was in NAC forever was supposed to be a huge star. They brought this guy in and they set him up out the gate the wrong way where they assumed everyone would love him, but they didn't, you know, I have my reasons why they also had that man coming out there dressed in suspenders as a baby face and a top hat. Like he was uh, a little flip, but aside from that, um, almost basically got a chance to have his defining match there too. So like, I don't know, like I, I I'm with you like on like one of the best wrestled matches ever in WWE history. I still think like the right decision was made that night. And that, that goes on almost his hall of fame, NXT hall of fame uh, legacy as well. Like it's right.
1: But, 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 okay. So the crowd was dying for him to win. Right. Um, And then the end of the match is, or the match is so awesome that the whole thing is almost wins because he was able to stoop to the level of you know giving the knee, the double knees off of uh post. um th- to the to the post um and then the and then the um, elevated hammerlock DDT over the top rope and then the match over and the crowd is. There with Johnny giving him a standing ovation because they, like like they're with him and he lost and he's a little loser or whatever and that's and that's fine. Um, like you, it's fine. Like it's a it's an all time classic match. I just feel like you have Bayface Face win and like they just, the match is a better match. Uh, and then you immediately after that you have Gargano or sorry, a dude show up and whack him with the crutch to, st- to kickstart that feud, which then becomes. Such a gigantic thing that it's bigger than the women's title in the main event. It's bigger than the NXT title as far as being the main event. Like that's that's where we were. So Johnny, what well, he's he main evented four of uh, he main evented four of the five takeovers this year. Um, and I think that you know you reward that like if the, if it's gonna be the top feud then like you should put the belt on it.
0: They did um, eventually. Like and and also like they gave him somewhere to go after that first one.
1: Okay, so if Johnny becomes champion, everyone's happy, and then he gets a crutch on his back. That's not a that's not that's not a a more that's not a better story, especially when almost you're you're moving almost on and.
0: Chamba never lose the belt. Then Chamba never moving almost. go Go ahead. I was gonna say then Chamba never wins the belt. Like if Johnny Gargano goes into um, WrestleMania weekend with it and gets him the fuck out of there. Like that's the end. Like <laughs> so,
1: not necessarily because Gargano—I'm Gar- sorry—dude's uh, evil. So all he's gonna do is keep messing with him like Austin, Bret Hart, until he finally gets no- until he gets another shot and wins. Well. Like the thing for me is Johnny Gargano as a singles wrestler. I, uh, I think he's won one time only on Takeover ever. He's the top guy in the brand. That's weird.
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah. Also, uh, in that pay per view, uh, Aleister Black and Adam Cole had one of those uh, real man fights. Uh, had Adam Cole taking all these bumps on chairs and shit like a crazy man. Like. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I that, I thought that was a good yeah. uh show, like show, good matches I, up up and down. I, Velveteen and, and Ono wasn't really uh, hitting for me like that. I thought. Like, uh, Velveteen kind of, you know, like showed his inexperience there, but he'd more than make up for it at some of the next pay-per-views.
1: Yeah. But what I will say is this, that knockout angle at the beginning of the match
0: (laughs) was hilarious.
1: It was the crowd loved it. They, they bought that as a finish. They legitimately bought it as a finish. If, If they had ended that match the exact same way, how they ended, um, Riddle and Ono at last takeover. It, it people would have perfectly fine accepted that. People were in love with that spot. Um, now I had kind of got foggy on um, the Black versus Cole match, but now that you mention it, um, once you mentioned the chair spot, now I remember everything. And I thought, like, this dude Cole is trying to like have almost no career. He's trying to end his career. He's, he's <laughs> like, like between this match and then uh, the stuff you get from like EC3 um, at the next takeover, he's like, these dudes are trying to kill themselves to get matches over. And I don't, and I appreciate it, but like, I kind of want you guys to be around <laughs> to do, you know, and also like be able to walk, you know, get roll out of bed and not like, you know, like not be able to turn over a shoulder because you know, you, your whole neck is messed up and his spine is, is, is fused together. So like, like, can we calm down on like these crazy bumps that you guys are doing on these, you know, super indie uh, takeovers? Please, please.
0: No, oh, man, they they out here trying to trying to earn it, you know, as they say. But yeah, I'm glad you brought up the uh, next takeover, um, New Orleans. So uh, I, I didn't think Philadelphia. Like, I think Philadelphia for me was, was the weakest overall takeover, um, and that's like the weakest amongst like you know all good shows. <laughs> like, so that's that's not a slight at all. Oh, so, yeah um but the for me the greatest show was nxc takeover new orleans not only the greatest show this year probably the greatest takeover in NXT history and for me is highlighted once again by johnny gargano uh, Tommaso tomaso and their unsanctioned match which i was on the record calling it the greatest match in wwe history and it was like i that night we were in new orleans uh we went to the ring of honors show i turned my phone off as not to be spoiled woke up the next morning and watched this entire card and was blown away after that great ring of honor show. And then this, and then WrestleMania 34 happened. I didn't know what to do like with my life after that, how bad it was.
1: The, The thing for me is that we watched that at like 10, 11 or noon of WrestleMania of the day of WrestleMania 34. And we were just so blown away and so happy with the show and everything that happened, and like the feel-good moment of Johnny, like he finally got him a win on a takeover. He finally vanquished this asshole that that you know basically ruined part of his essentially his professional life, or was ruining ruining his professional life. Um, and it felt like we were headed towards a certain direction after that. Um, and he he basically like okay, he lost here um, at philadelphia but like he has his heat back and now let's see where this takes us right um it took us down a great path um but it it was one of those things where like it felt like anything other than him eventually winning the title felt like it was even though it's been a great you know a great year and a great story for him regardless like it it from it's kind of, you feel kind of empty that this is where, I mean, the story's not done. He's still probably going to be for NXT for another year or two, who knows. But um at that point, it felt like this dude is a guy that, like, could potentially, you know, if treated with care, could be the next um Daniel Bryan, the next CM Punk, the next, you know or the current day Becky Lynch. You know what I'm saying? Like it felt like this was a real movement, a real like uh, place in time where like th- this dude could be a superstar if you let him do what he's doing here on the larger stage. Um because okay. the wrestling translates, the character translates, likability translates. Um the story is a, is a is a tried true and uh in this t- stand the test of time in wrestling of betrayal from a, of a from a from a jealous former teammate. I, it, it was it was all there, um, and I think it's still there. They want it to be there, but WWE doesn't like taking layups on the main roster. So you know, we'll we'll see how that goes. But so um, so I guess I'll, I uh, I, I, just love, I just love it that much, especially the build up to it.
0: I guess I'll stick up for Ciampa a little bit here, like of how excellent he was in this match. Um, he came out, and that was like his first match from the knee injury. Uh, he tore his ACL. Um, he came out with no music. Uh, uh, a completely remade body and also like this jacket that made him just like look like yo he's walking out the depths of hell to come fight Johnny Gargano or he's going to drag Johnny Gargano to the depths of hell with him uh no music all the booze real heel like <laughs> like no ironic booze yeah. people like want to want to see Johnny whoop that ass and you know it was you know for me, this was the class of their rivalry. This one was <clears throat> the least tropey for me. And, you know, they're, they've gotten criticism of having these, of the, you know, for them cutting promos on each other in the middle of matches and, you know, all types of melodramatic shit like that. But I think this one was the one that really just nailed everything and didn't, like, beat you over the head with that. And it was yeah. – vo-
1: this was the match that was mostly involving the actual uh, – this was the one that most resembled a wrestling match. Like all these matches were no DQ matches or or you know hardcore bouts or whatever else that had like these great um you know great moments of wrestling and storytelling and psychology in them. But this was the one that most that most resembled that. Um, and like all the work with the you know you, you reach a point where you get the work with um with the knee brace and um, the crutch and. You know you get to the point where you know like johnny was going to murder this dude with a crutch with like the with the business end of the crutch that got broken off and split up and then he stops himself and it's like oh my god like what have i done like this dude has reached me to a point where like i can't go back if i do this and like and then it's almost like you know oh my, oh my god how have we how do we get here and you know, they sitting they, they sit down together next to each other almost like you know, reminiscent of uh you know when they were when they were down on their luck at NXT as, as as DIY um after losing big matches or whatever else. And then like Johnny knew that like this dude is an irre- irredeemable soul. And Ciampa, because he's he's so genius. He's like I'm going to sucker this idiot and because I can, I know I can't beat him for real on my own. <laughs> I'm going to sucker this dude. This is the last thing I have is a, just, you know, possum play is to um try to get sympathy from this dude that I know I know loves me. This is why he's so hurt because he loves me. Yeah. And I'm going to stab this dude in the back and kill him dead. Yeah. But he never for the fact that Johnny was going to uh not fall for it, and then when he wraps that brace around his face and pulls back from the Gargano, Gargano escape vert, or crossface deal, like he goes for a Gargano, Gargano escape and then he turns to a crossface with the knee brace. It was just so beautiful because <laughs> he, it was just poetic. Like it, it was. It, okay, so one of the greatest matches in WWE history, the first time in a Cell match. Shawn Michaels screws Undertaker and costs him his title because I believe that I believe the deal was that if he screwed Bret Hart that he would never he, he couldn't wrestle again in America or something like that, right?
0: Yeah, that was actually both of their stipulations. Like Yeah,
1: um, and if Bret Hart lost, he and if Bret Hart lost, he would never be able to wrestle in Canada again or something like that, right?
0: He would never be able to wrestle in the US.
1: Okay, yeah. Okay, that's both of them. So Bret's – days. Brett's starting to, Brett's cheating. He pulls a chair from him. Brett spits in Sean's face. Brett and Sean hate each other's guts behind behind the camera and in front of the camera. Brett reaches back and goes to clock Brett with the chair. Uh, but instead, Brett ducks out the way, and the chair ends up get h- hitting uh Undertaker's skull. So Sean has to pin um Undertaker and, and cause that. So Undertaker is understandably pissed off. He's going after Sean. Sean. Is progressively turning more and more heelish, more more dickish and more diggish, and eventually, he starts every so often. He starts uh, hitting. Sh- he keeps using the you know the, the same weapon that cost him the title, that chair shot. The chair. Yeah. Keeps hitting Undertaker with chair shots. Chair shots. We get the hell on the cell. Undertaker beats the piss out of uh, Sean for forever. Um. And then uh, and then Sean's like, oh my god, I got get I got to get I got to get the hell away from this this slow walker. <laughs> and we get to a point where we like, there's nowhere else to go except for maybe I like this maybe if I climb this tree, this bear won't will, will shimmy up the tree with me. Oh and then that scene you know, it's like holy shit, this bear has shimmied up the tree with me. Now I have to go over <laughs> way to get away from this fucking guy that's just been murdering me throughout the whole match. Yep. Then I, I, I climb on the other end, I, I fall over and um I'm sorry, I'm talking too much about hell myself. But basically Yeah, you right. You get to the moment of truth. You get to the moment of truth. And after all the times, all these cheap uh bullshit chair shots that Sean has laid on Undertaker, Undertaker lays him out with a chair shot and then is about to finish a match and until Kane comes out. Yeah. That is that was that was the storytelling of, of just going coming full circle and a callback to what this was about. And it started with the knee. It started with, you know, like you you turned on me and then you blade me out and finished me with you know with your knee as part of the move and then like you know you actually hurt yourself in the Milan match and you still carry through with this and you you blame me for this injury because you felt like you know I didn't hold up my end of the bargain or whatever else or you had to pick me up the way too many times you got tired of you resent me, but but you're hurt right now and you have this you have this thing and what you basically what you screwed me over with and what you you know you. You you know, you cost me my career points. You cost me, um, and you cost me a lot of pain. So, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna put this fucking thing across your face and I'm going to try to take the life out of you. It was was just so poetic. I loved it. Like, it's one of my favorite finishes of all time.
0: Yeah. Um, also on that show, we had a crazy ass ladder match, as James alluded to uh, earlier. Um, the first show in history, I believe, to have two uh, matches get five stars. Uh, Adam Cole won the inaugural uh, NXT North American Championship match, defeating EC3, Killian Dane, Lara Sullivan, Ricochet, whose very first move in the company was a running shooting star press off springboard outside the ring um, in the Velveteen Dream. So this match was like, all right. We're going to take everything you know about the money in the bank match and all the great ones and top it. We're going to have these three horse motherfuckers come out here and be great bases and also take a lot of punishment. And Ricochet is going to wow you with the athleticism. Adam Cole is going to like, you know, sneak out of here with the belt and everyone else is going to kind of blend their styles to really create something special. Um, At the time, you know, Cole, they were looking for something to legitimize him after that match he had with Alistair Black, and it was like, he has this faction. We want to put a belt on him, and I think he was a great choice for the first champion. Uh, we'll get to it later, but you know that sprung off into the Ricochet feud. Um, that was also the night uh, Shayna Baszler won the NXT Women's Championship for the first time, defeating Ember Moon uh, by technical submission, so uh, they loved to, to do some. Babyface doesn't tap out, but they you know pass out finishes i think shana's gonna have a lot of those kind of wins in her career um. Also, another entertaining match on that show was the Undisputed Era against the Authors of Pain. Um. And then Pete Dunn and Roger Strong, with Roger Strong turning on Pete Dunn in the middle of the match and joining up with the Undisputed Era and giving us an all-time gifable moment where the Undisputed Era look at that man like, "Oh my God, you're you're with us now!" Like, <laughs> like it finally worked. We don't wore you down. So, um, all these matches are just like phenomenal, phenomenal. Um, and that was a triple threat match uh for both the tag team championship and the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic Trophy. So they were all this was the night of like the Undisputed Era, like as far as like you know, coming to you know, see how they filled out the group. This was the night like where it all got. Popping, And I don't think they could have added a better guy than Roger Strong, who's already, like, familiar with all do- those dudes, looks similar, uh, and also can wrestle his ass off. He's probably the best wrestler in the group. So, probably. <laughs> yeah, it's like between him or O'Reilly, you know. I, I, how- I
1: think Strong is the best wrestler amongst – like, I think that Rodney Strong in these tag matches are just – like yeah yeah I agree with you but like yeah I think I think he is their I think he is the best wrestler amongst them and that's why this made it work like they like they were already a great faction and then they added another guy that, that was even that was like the best amongst them and even made it even even stronger. Um like Colin Colin um I'm sorry not Cole uh, O'Reilly in and, and um in Stronger like they're up there man for me as far as the tag team. Yeah they're up there like DIY, Usos, them probably. Like, I enjoy them so much. I enjoy them so much.
0: Um. So, and that was a night Adam Cole pulled double duty. He didn't do a ton in this match, but he really didn't have to because it was more about an angle. Um. And, of course, Pete Dunne was on the show, who is kind of building his own NXT legacy that is essentially aside from regular NXT. I would encourage anybody that hasn't, like, checked out, like, NXT UK – yet to seek out any pete dunn main event you can find you are getting four stars at minimum like like on tv matches and then of course you know he done to take a quick detour he ended up having some awesome stuff with ricochet over the summer um different you know random spot appearances where they would just bring him in and it's like why is this guy not a superstar yet being pushed like this on the main roster but aside from the fact um Alistair Black won the NXT Championship that night by defeating Andrade and Almas in his last NXT match. Um, and you know, of and, course, and, and I,
1: think, I think this is one of the most underrated matches in NXT history. Like that yes, match was, that match was great.
0: I gave that 4.75. I gave it four point seven five, and I, I, think, exactly. I think I think I think gave it four and a quarter at the time. But this shit, like, I was all in on this shit because I was all in on Almas and Alistair Black just was one of the it was a rematch of the previous year and black has such an aura such a uh vibe to him to where he can end the match immediately. He was an awesome wrestler. They gave him previous assignments like, hey, we need you to bring our rookie 22-year-old guy with this weird gimmick he hasn't got all the way figured out yet. We need you to put it all together. And he did that. And then um, after that, he came out with that crazy Extreme Rules match with Adam Cole. And this was him getting to the top of the mountain. Now, he didn't kind of work out as the champion uh, for a couple of reasons, you know, just the, the being overshadowed by the Gargano and Chappell feud. But, You know, you take that away and this dude's like ready to just whip off a bunch of excellent matches. And, you know, he has some injury misfortune throughout the year, but I I think he more than made up for it uh, when he came back later in the year. But NXT TakeOver New Orleans, for me, up and down, you're looking at the best takeover they've ever done. With those top three matches, Shayna Baszler won the NXT title in that incredible angle that happened in the tag team match with all those great wrestlers in there. And it's going to be real hard to top it. Uh, as far as, you know, NXT takeovers go. But from there, we went on to Chicago. So this was the same weekend as uh, Money in the Bank, of course, uh, Chicago, Illinois. And in that uh, match, they had a rematch between um, Tommaso Chama and Johnny Gargano. This was their Chicago street fight. went 35 minutes. Um, and th- it got a little cartoony for me. I'm not going to front uh with all the stuff ripping up the ring and them just cutting these monologues on each other in the middle of the match like it was a rocky movie um <laughs> it, was, it was a little too much uh for me but it was so good match overall um you had Alistair Black defending the championship against Lars Sullivan. So one of the rare times when they've actually put some homegrown guys in there. And I've got my whole theory about like what NXT is right now. And I think it was actually important. And I, I want on record at the time to give Lars that position to really say, Hey, we're trying to actually put these people were trying to build from scratch in there with like the real stars of NXT. It didn't quite work out because they had a, A really big botch in that match where uh Sullivan you know went down because they teach you to sell no matter what even if the the move doesn't connect uh and it that kind of like hurt the match a little bit but um it was Aleister Black getting tasked with more shit like hey you're 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 a phenomenal wrestler you put it together um this was Shayna Baszler and Nikki Cross mixed feelings on this match uh, from a lot of different sources people weren't as into it but I think you know This was Ken Shamrock versus Mankind, the Ken Shamrock versus Mankind of women, where the pain, she liked it for some weird reason. So, you know, beating Nikki Cross isn't going to hurt Nikki Cross. Uh, Ricochet in the Velveteen Dream. Uh, This was Ricochet saying, I'm here now. Um, And I don't know if y'all know me, but I do this all the time. Like and I think so many people were blown away by this ricochet match. I simply thought it was just another good ricochet match. But it was it was awesome. Let's not get that fucked up. But this guy's been doing this. And he and the and Velvet Jean Dream were able to, you know, rep for us, you know, and then also like do their thing. Like as far as like, you know, just a compelling match that was athletic and that was. Two dudes like really trying to top each other in different ways, like that the other one might really not be able to compete with. Uh, I really fuck with that match a lot, and the opener on that was <laughs> the Undisputed Era against Danny Burch and Oni Lorkin. And Danny Burch is a guy that like I've known from the like Florida in- Independence team for years. Uh, and Oni Lorcan, you know, we called him Mini Cesaro on this show. That match was incredible. They came out there as yeah. you know the heels because it was the Undisputed Era's night. And this is probably like, might be the height of their overness, um, the way um, they got received. And they were just straight baby faces, and they were able to persevere and have an incredible match. Like that, it, that was like really when the Undisputed Era was like hitting their, their stride as a team. I believe during this point, they had, might have already started that, um, uh, that, that trilogy they ended up having with Mustache Mountain. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, this was another, uh, NXT say where I, I remember at the time, I think, uh, I was on with Chad. He may have said, was this one the best one ever? I said, no, but it's not like some slouch show or anything. Uh,
1: no, I think, I think the Brooklyn four was, or Brooklyn four was when he asked. Yeah, oh, okay. And I was like, gotcha. yeah.
0: Um, but a lot so, of people I'm felt sorry. like this, a lot of people felt like this one topped New Orleans. I don't agree, but this was just like them continuing the excellent, uh, shriek. Yeah. Oh you um, what's up? What was that? Uh can you hear me real quick? I can I can hear you. No, can you mute me real quick? Sure. All right. James is now muted. So <laughs> um I, I guess I will go on more about this show then. <laughs> uh, I think James has to tend to something real quick. But yeah, man, uh but back to Ricochet and Velveteen Dream this was Ricochet's very like his first kind of like singles match. And if you guys have not uh like seeked out Ricochet's like previous uh, work to joining NAC, as I mentioned, like you're, 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 if you were blown away by this, you would be blown away even more by some of the work I've seen him do with Will Ospreay, with Kota Bushi, with Hiromu Takahashi. And, you know, this was, this just goes on to real, you know? So he's, he's slowly changing his style. So as he gets, Towards his 30s, I believe he just turned 30. Um, to not fly as much, but still show you I can do whatever, because as evidence we'll get to later, this motherfucker would have a double backflip off a of steel cage. So, um, yeah. So I'm gonna bring James back now. What were your uh, impressions of uh, Chicago, if you had any on that?
1: Um, my, you know, my initial refer- uh, impressions were that. I've never seen this only lurkin fella before, but like his hot tag is like it's top five all time already. Um, that match, that match is so good. And, uh, you know, as you mentioned, this was the start of like that early summer run of, of, of Undisputed Era. And also, you know, particularly uh, strong and O'Reilly, just putting on banger after banger after banger. Um, and, you know, Unfortunately, Lorkin um, uh, had the orbital issue or broken orbital bone um, from from this match, from this classic, and now they're you know they're starting. They kind of had to start off in square one again. But uh, I can't wait for them to get in the ring and do this again because that match was just you know you you kind of grew accustomed to with DIY and the revival, um, or the revival in America Alpha of only certain number of tag team at, at the time can do can have that level of instant classic type of match right um, and for them to come out there as heels as you mentioned and like the crowd were all in on him like they were like you know we, we were talking like since that summer like since the summer is it are they more NWR are they more horseman horsemen um because the people really enjoy them so much because they do great work and you know, a lot of people parachute in and, um, after I, after Brooklyn four, I, I stopped parachuting. Like I watch every episode of NXT from this, um, since then, but I was the person that just parachuted in like these, these are names I've heard of, but, and I, you know, and obviously like when you have gone to see Martin or sorry, uh, uh, Danny Birch, and Martin Stone, you know, on in the Indies or whatever. Um, I've seen them too, but, Lork was a person I was completely unfamiliar with, never seen before in, in that match. And he just, he, he just like, set, the, he just set my TV, my, my screen on fire. And I was like, <laughs> this is this, like, this awesome. Like, you know, like, I don't know where these dudes came from, but, like, I hope they wrestle again and again and again. And, like, I hope they wrestle again in the future because, like, it, it was just great. Um, They really had them reeling. And you really thought they were actually going to win. And for them to come in basically cold to this audience that, you know, people love going to NXT and take over, like, you don't, a lot of everybody watches Takeover uh, weekly, and i sorry, watch NXT weekly. So for them to come in there when the people are clearly the crowd is clearly for these heels, and by the time you get over, like the crowd is is in on both of you equally, like that's magic. Yeah. Like that, that's that, you know, that's the start of a huge run for undisputed, and and like you know, um i trying to think what else. What else was on the card? So Ricochet um, and Velveteen
0: Dream, Nikki yeah. Cross, Shayna Baszler, Black yeah. Lars, and the second Gargano Chapa match.
1: Now, I graded. The, I always graded the but it was Lars and um, Black match on a curve because it's Lars. Um, <laughs> I, you know, so for me, like I thought. I thought you know, aside from the terrible botch with with the Miss Black Mass and the and the selling of it, like. I thought that match told a. I thought that match told a, a good story. Um, Black versus Rick I'm oh, sorry, uh, Ricochet versus Velveteen. That was a. That match was great. Um, and for me, the uh, the the Shayna and Nikki match. Like, I enjoy Nikki because I always say every time she does, she puts a spot on my face because she's a fucking loon. She's just a crazy person and like she in in a part like it's endearing to me because like oh she's like she's almost like it's it's almost like um yeah she's crazy, but she's also playful with it and like it is and, you know she's not like I mean they could play where she's like you know she's a a psycho killer, right? Like no no pun on um dudes. Uh, old gimmick, but yeah. like they play it where, like it's fun. And like she gets herself in these um, in these in crazy different uh, situations and scenarios because she's a loon and basically like anything anything is possible when she's in the ring. And like it it was interesting to play on the fact that like Shana is is a is a trained machinish type of um, MMA uh, fighter that has like regimented you know work you know uh, you know uh, training camps that sort of thing is like how does this person that has like been this uh structured in her life to fight deal with the ultimate curveball the ultimate well you can't train uh, for that um, (laughs) right you can't train for that so so, like i I enjoyed it when she was like messing with her and and, like screwing her all the time on in the build up to that match and also in the you know in the match and I thought it was a fitting fact that like she's puts on she puts her in a choke. Um and she just like she goes because like she's a wound.
0: Right. <clears throat> um thoughts yeah. Where did the um where did the second Gargano tribal match rank for you?
1: Amongst the three? Yeah. I probably I don't know, like I always felt like two and three were almost like a tie.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I gave him the same rating.
1: Yeah, they're both like four and a half.
0: Yeah, yeah, I gave I gave him the same rating. So, I mean,
1: yeah. I think the thing for me was that, in retrospect, not retrospect. Sorry, at the time. I thought that that loss in the second match was less devastating to my psyche as a fan, and also and as a person that um that wants a beginning, middle, and end. Yeah, it was far, and like the third match was clearly the definable end for now, anyway. Of, of the chat of you know that of that robbery. um, of this chapter of the robbery So I was like okay, he lost. But, like, he'll get another shot at it,
0: right? Um, and then,
1: like, he loses, and and then we'll get to Brooklyn Four.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah.
1: But yeah, like, I was okay with Gar. I was okay with Champa not just being jobbed out, being this dude's personal jobber. I was, I was, I was perfectly fine with it because he is the best heel in the company right now. So. And what and it was even hotter back then than now. So, I was definitely okay with him. You know, he's champion, or not? He wasn't champion yet. But, wasn't um, champion
0: yet, but it was it, it was, it was on the way.
1: but you, yeah, but like he was a super hot act. He had all the heat in the world. Run with it. Like, yeah. don't don't just beat him and just move on. Like, dude, super talented. Like, you can use him in anything besides just putting him and putting him like, up against Johnny Gargano. And yeah. they made the best. And they made the best of his ability for that. Now, if you ask me. As far as like where they ended up, and also like um, what that means for them, as far as what they what they have for baby faces, I think it was a, I think that it was a terrible mistake. But they can survive because they have that much because they because they put out such good such good wrestling product in the ring that you're able to overcome that, and also they tell better stories than even the main roster does consistently. So. You, so, you kind of excuse it when you compare it to what they all what was on the what how bad it could really be.
0: So moving on to NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 4, which is long thought to be the WrestleMania of NXT. Um <clears throat> more than like a WrestleMania weekend NXT. This is like the SummerSlam one, it, it's where it began as far as you know, them going into the big arenas. So uh this one was, was excellent as well. I'm looking back at the card now and I'm like, there's only one match on here that really like knocks this out of the running for me for being the best thing over the year um yeah. it's so let's start at the beginning uh it was the third match between the undisputed era and mustache mountain for me my personal nxt feud of the year uh you know spoiling what i'm going to vote for in our one nation radio awards but they um this was the third match of three um <laughs> they, they took, like, the second match got five stars on NXT TV, right? And they took that match and expanded upon it. I don't think they quite hit five stars, but did it hit 4.75? Yeah, it did. So <laughs> it was, like, it was nuts. It, this was the, the zenith of tag team wrestling once again. Uh, just when you think the New Day and the Usos are pretty much, like, laying the gauntlet down for tag teams or whatever, these dudes stepped up and answered it in this feud. Um and, and carried it over and evoked memories of DIY and the revival. This was like when people talk about the midnights and the rock and rolls, like, you know, in 15, 20 years, they're going to talk about the Undisputed Era and Mustache Mountain. Like, so, or if not, we will be t- talking about it to make sure that, um you know, that, that legacy of th- those, that feud lives on. So EC3 and Velveteen Dream was a disappointment. No way around it. EC3 is what kind of like, you know, this was like a blown tire on what his NXT like campaign was like has been like thought to be. Uh, he, he never like quite seen cast for NXT. This was also the night where Velveteen came out with the call me up, Vince Tights on. It was like, it was a clunky match. And, you know, dream limited experience, not wrestling, a great wrestler. Uh EC3, more body gimmick personality rather than a wrestler uh and that one was just like it it was a blown tire on this show i feel like
1: but yeah like for me it was just a for me it was a um almost like a shining example of how much the business has changed um from the let's say mid to late 80s um to now and also um, what's expected out of wrestlers now. Um, yeah. like that was a match that we would, uh, people would have had memories about and, and thought joyously about, and it really been okay. And even from a critical perspective, people that watch wrestling around the world where they were watching, uh, Crockett or they were watching, um, mid South or whatever else, or they're watching somehow got their hands on, uh, you know, uh, um uh, japan japanese stuff uh new japan stuff um tiger Man stuff then they they would have still respected that match um but where we are nowadays especially in that particular brand um it was just like the antithesis of what NXT for. almost is now at this point like it's it's a it's a work rate indie style, um, fast paced, um, style of matches for the most part on takeovers, and then this matches, you know, like all we are is a, we're basically like a Hulk Hulk up and sit five moves of dooms. By the way, from this being a a very good eighties uh, main event uh, Hulk Hogan match, <laughs> um, like there were like you know some of the some of the selling that Dream does and Dream. The thing that I, it makes you think Dream was going to continue to get better, same thing as uh, not, it's different, but um, same thing made me think that like when I saw that Roman was getting hot shotted, and I thought, I think he'll make it eventually, but this might people might reject him and they end up doing it. But like Roman was a good seller for somebody that was his size and his level of experience um, at the time um, when he actually started. Um, going solo, like they said, for example, it was like the match with Randy Orton at SummerSlam. It's like, okay, yeah, that's that's the WWE main event style, right there. Yep, absolutely for now, uh, for that time. But Dream bumping his ass off all cartoonishly, like Dolph Ziggler esque, Shawn Michaels esque. It was almost like Shawn Michaels versus Hulk Hogan from 2005, like the way he was cartoonishly, <laughs> and, and like the prop, and, and like it, it was like, okay. For the maze for the for the main roster I could see this working this match like working a lot better than here um and and like I felt like it just stuck out but like it's oh it's fine to have variety and I wouldn't say it was a terrible match either so uh but it made me th- it, at that point is that like after that and also combined with um the ono match it made me think okay. Now I understand why some people aren't like they love what they love. Dreams potential, Velveteen's potential, but like they are, but they but the concerns about like saying he's not ready yet. Like I get it,
0: right? <clears throat> like he can go in there and and have a great match with like a great wrestler. But this yes. was like this was the proof is like he's not the leader yet. So and, and yes. that's fine. There are plenty of wrestlers like who never become leaders. But like right. fe- seeing like his athletic potential, how old he is, there's no reason that he can't eventually become that leader. So. Right. Um, Ricochet and Adam Cole.
1: And, and right. another thing about that is like if you are a top guy. Or you have the to be a top guy. And you get to and you're gonna have you need to have matches like this that aren't all perfect and great, and, and, you, and you try different things or whatever else, and make you make you be able to differentiate yourself from everybody else. Like, I mean, I don't know about you, but like, I'm, I'm kind of at my wit's end with all these WWE, all these WWE matches being the same, especially on TV, where it's like mass starts baby face shines for a little bit doesn't die come back from orchard break uh, chin,
0: lock.
1: A chin lock or or a, a, reverse, a, a reverse chin lock or a cravat or um there you know and then and then we go and then there's more and then they're being on you being on you being and you get a whole spot then you get cut off again then you fu- then you do go to your comeback then we start trading then you know then you Start teasing your near falls or whatever, else, or teasing your finishes, and, your finish
0: your
1: <laughs> and that's when the crowd finally gets to it because they've seen roughly the same version of this match every single like four or five times um, a show for weeks on end. And then like the, the way to get out of it is they decide to give you a fuck finish here or a count out or whatever else. <laughs> so like it, but but is so for me like it's okay for them to have that kind of match on Takeover when Takeover is all the dives, all of all the fast-paced action, all of the uh – or sorry not plancha, but like uh springboard deals or whatever else all of the uh let's see for lack of a, all the super kicks if you get if you get what I mean like so yeah like it was cool to see that there was room for them to put that there I and I appreciated that
0: yeah um and moving on from there that was speaking of the all the planchas and everything we had Ricky Shavers, Adam Cole Which was like when they, when you mention like what a great athletic wrestler needs, often it's not another great athletic wrestler in there, (laughs) it's someone that can kind of just be in the right places for him, call stuff, and also like you know, kind of put his body on the line for the guy. And that's what this was. This match, Ricochet and Adam Cole, was a mid card classic in WWE. It was Savage Steamboat. It was all that. Like, it, it was, you know, whatever you want to call it. It gave us an all time moment where Ricochet hit that moonsault into the super kick by Adam Cole. This was Ricochet announcing that, hey, I'm the ace here. Like, <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like, like, like he. To he, he, be he, honest, to be honest,
1: for. For a, lot of them, for a lot of the for a lot of people that like we talk about the, the 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 fan base that parachutes in like i used to for takeovers because they know how good the wrestling is but don't have you know don't have a six hour to give um wwe weekly him doing the dragon the dragon lee when you hurdle the when you come across curl over the top rope hurricane run up from the person that's on the apron to the uh off to the floor like that is a that's the first time a lot of people saw that that spot. Mm-hmm. That's some shit people thought like people never even fucking even considered, right? So, like, even if you watch Dragon Lee or whatever else, like, then the understand like difficulty of doing that, and then also like for, for this to be an NXT or for a WWE NXT crowd, like, I'm sure I'm sure a bunch of people have seen Dragon Lee do it, but like, I don't, I don't want to put a percentage on it, but like the fact that he did that, like that was like a defining spot of like, you're going to people, a lot of people are going to, are going to, you know, love wrestling for, the, for the rest of their lives and for years to come. And that's going to be one of the things they remember is him, him pulling
0: that out. I believe he showed up in all white that night and it was like, yeah. When dudes show up in all white, like it, it's Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 12, it's <laughs> Seth Rollins at SummerSlam, it's Ricochet here. It's like when dudes show up New in Day. all white, New Day, New Day is going down. Like, like, like they're not fucking off that night. Bailey at uh, the first at Bro- the first Brooklyn. No, she wasn't wearing white. I don't think. I think she wore white to Dallas. Bayley? I think. No, no, no. Bailey at the first
1: Brooklyn was wearing the Shawn Michaels colors, the Shawn Michaels
0: WrestleMania okay. 12 colors. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, man. Like, and, and Adam Cole like deserves all the credit in the world as well for this match too, because it's like a lot of people had didn't see it with him. Some people still don't. Uh, I still have my reservations about what Cole is on a regular basis, but he showed up that night in spades. And I think yeah. you had to quote like like Ricochet like when he walks through the curtain like like he's gonna have to go up to Adam Cole and, and say thank you for that match. Like <laughs> yes,
1: yes. That was, that was a match where. It was it was kind of similar to um, – I think I said this during uh, Zach Gibson's run during the um, this year's UK tournament, uh-huh. where it's like you have, you have someone that's clearly talented, and their job is they're a heel, so they are trying to showcase all of everything that you can do as a babyface to make the crowd love you and also further the dynamic between babyface and heel and who you're supposed to root for. And Adam Cole is, you know, Adam Cole clearly is, is super talented. He's been in too many damn good matches for you to be like, he's not talented uh, or he's not as talented as the, these other top guys in NXT because he clearly is. But he has the confidence in, in his psychology and his storytelling to let Ricochet be the hero and be okay with it and not, you know, people love, he is a cool heel, but when the match is going on, he's not a cool heel. He's just wrestling. Like he does, granted, he does super king. He does Adam Cole, baby, because he's like, for the most part, he's not doing aside from like um, lapses into action. He's not doing anything to make you want to really cheer from other than like, you love his charisma and what he's about on the mic and, and, you know, non-wrestling segments. So like, I, you know, and what made me think about that was we're watching the match. I'm like, yo, dude, like they have Ricochet is like almost like I was almost like he's rusty. He's, he's basically doing all the flippy move, flippy, flippy moves or whatever they uh Cornette called it like against a mop right now. But then I and then like, you know, Josh said, look, Cole is great. And then I rewatched the match the second time and I was like, you know what? He did all of this stuff to help him along the way in this match. It ain't just one person, Rest. It ain't, like, I shorted, I clearly slighted Cole. Um, mm-hmm. Because I clearly slighted Cole, and I didn't give him his <clears> due. And, you know, I felt like maybe I needed to say that at the time because I was wrong. Josh was 100% right.
0: Yeah. So after that, we had Kyrie Shane winning the NXT Women's Championship uh, from Shayna Baszler, getting the fucking treasure out here uh, from that evil Shayna Baszler. And uh, she climbed the mountain uh, and this was also an excellent match. Great finish. Um, and it was like, damn, these two, I will watch them wrestle as long as like, it, it takes like to, to, to settle this issue or whatever. Are they going to have five matches? Sure. I don't care. Bring them like, <laughs> so, um, and, and James, you're a big Kyrie same fan. Uh, yes. seeing her win an NXT championship. Like, what was that? You know, try to summarize that. Like, You know what you think? Because for me, like this was like, all right, we've got our new baby face that can wrestle anybody. Like that'll take on the whole heel roster, and she's she's very special. Like,
1: yeah, um, she started when she got the NXT. I mean, let's start back even further. Mayon Classic. The final is those two, um, and Kyrie wins. And it was the right decision at the time because you don't want to deal with the person. The politic game is the reason why this person got this, and then deal with the fans' backlash that because they, you know um, – like you, you want them not to be immediately, you do you want them to have their guard down and actually get into Shana as to not give give them not even get a chance, all right? You want them to at least be fair to the woman. So, um, you start there. Shayna is ready to go f- faster for NXT because, um, she speaks the language, yeah.
0: Um, and she's a
1: heel, so she's, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Right, and then at that time, there were no dominant heels at the time, now, right, um. In that division anyway. Um now she's she's basically like, you know, that's where she is. Uh she's she's just the, the ruler um of the division right now, or at that time. And then it was like, Okay, so what are we doing for challengers? And then it turns out they decided to pick a woman that has a a, a documented, a well known victory over her. So they have that history there. You have a reason for um shayna to really want to beat this woman badly um and like and kyrie had to earn it over that time um to, to, to get to that point because she wasn't pushed immediately like um like a lot of people are when they get to nxc with some fanfare right or even got you know so like they built they built to that and like i think a lot of i think a lot of love she has like starting from like from starting at this moment to where you get to evolution and they love her to death, even the people that you know that don't watch NXT. You know, that's a main card show. Like, by the time you get halfway through that match, people are just loving her fire. And I think that that was on display because they worked the heel phase dynamic so well. And, like, I, I'm, I'm like, Kyrie, she's her, fo- like, her passion is just so translated, just it, it's so it's it translates. Like it doesn't matter if she speaks she doesn't speak she doesn't speak English for worth worth a damn. Like you just feel it. Like when she is placed in an adverse situation and she's fighting for underneath and she starts screaming and 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 almost in tears, you feel it. And and you and you pull for it. And also it helps that you have Shanna who's this badass bully, Brockish, you know, Brock Lesnar-ish, as far as like how, how much she can like almost Toy with her with her opponents at times, to the point of almost boredom at times, like uh, or or them themselves being bored with their match, not them in particular, um, or them being boring in particular. But like I thought, I think that they're just a, a perfect match for each other. Like I would love to, um, years down the line or whatever else, get them together and, um, you know. Shayna gets better at speaking Japanese or Kyra gets better speaking English or they have a translator in between. And, like, they can sit down and talk about, like, what they mean to each other as far as, like, for their careers and as far as where they go from here or whatever else. I would love to see that because, like, they're, they're just a perfect match for each other. Like, they've, they've done five matches, and I've loved all five of their matches. And it for me, like, the matches don't even come down to whether they're four-and-a-half-star matches or whatever the hell. Like, for me, all the matches have been – great stories and you feel it um throughout the whole match and some some of the matches go longer some go shorter but none of them necessarily feel the same except for the dynamic of like this this tiny little woman this tiny little adorable woman is trying to overcome this gigantic big badass and every single time like she she either comes close she actually does it and it's kind of you know it's little, literally like the engine they could going over to trying to get over the mountain. And it's like, you you, you enjoy the story. You really do.
0: Yeah. The uh, journey. And then the main event, of course, was the um, last man standing match for the NXT Championship. Uh, Tommaso Chopper defeating Johnny Gargano um, <laughs> and making him look like a dumbass. <laughs> at, the, at the end of the match. <laughs> oh, I have one memory of this, and it's James, like, storming uh, immediately out the building or, or out of Josh and Jeremy's while we were watching this. And no no, 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 no,
1: that's not true. That's not true. I did not storm off and
0: leave. Oh, you came back because you left your keys or something, I right? Stormed,
1: I stormed off. <laughs> so at,
0: you gotta take that L twice.
1: I, no, no, no. I stormed off. Left, got that halfway down the flight of stairs. Remember that I left my phone charger. claimed back in and then stormed back out again. I stormed out twice, <laughs> now, not once, twice. Get it right. Tell the story right. I stormed out twice. <sighs> oh shit.
0: Now this one for me, I don't know. Like it, it wasn't. I think people really wanted all these matches to be what the first one was and. This was the best example of that that first one was a magical moment that is not just easily duplicatable. Uh, the, the championship was finally on the line. Got the belt on the hottest feud, and I think they kind of ended it at the right time because it was like I can't watch too many more of these street fights between them because these guys are just like like when are they gonna like wrestle again? And for me, looking at what they were doing in the matches like you get the long monologues you get just all the last man standing tropes there's a good chance that it's like one of the best last man standing matches in wwe history right but i've always said about last man standing matches yeah it's a it's a low ceiling or or it's a high ceiling in a or excuse me a low ceiling and a high floor essentially right so for me it's just not my my personal favorite type of match i know people who hate these matches um because of the monologues and the melodramatic bullshit or whatever, but this thing, I, you know, a lot of people want to see Gargano win, and James is one of them. And I think th- this like kind of threw a wrench, and and they see like because they went off the air like, hold on, we didn't get what we want out of this show. We're lost.
1: I mean, I mean, from the main event standpoint, yeah, I get, I get that. Like, I mean. Right. I think um look chief this shit was a mistake like flat out like keep it a buck the shit was a mistake he should have fucking won the title at Brooklyn like but whatever um they decided to keep it on this guy um they decided to keep it on Shamba because he's cause he was high at the time which is like okay but they're you know whatever. Like that's cool. But like you look at what they what they did now with them where like Champa's fighting dream and then like we get black versus we get black versus um Gargano and like you saw them you saw the layout of the card or whatever else like if that if those were two non-title matches they would have definitely put Gargano on last or on the second one, but whatever. It's just um for me I think the thing that bothers me more about this match was like they not only did they double like the second match is okay, he's handcuffed and he and he's too angry <laughs> that he's just like he can't let his shit go. And he ends up get caught, he ends up getting caught slipping, so he ends up getting DDT'd on the on the on the two by or the whatever the, uh, right. the, on, the on the on the wood. On the wood. So okay, fine. But for you to go back again and do the same fucking uh the same fucking spot where Johnny is not—it's even worse than Johnny, like has to do dead to rights, and then got caught slipping, um, because uh, Champa is is a, it outthought him or whatever at that time. This was flat out. This fucking guy is an idiot. Um, and it's like, where do you go from here? And obviously, now that we know, and it's like it was now. Now that we know, it's like in hindsight, that's the only place to go. This is like no no and hindsight is like, "Oh, this is typical main roster uh, type shit." It was like, "Oh, we beat somebody when they shouldn't have been beaten and we're going to explain it away by like we're going to explain away like losing this dude per this person's heat by turning them so they still have heat again." It was like, "You okay, fine, but it didn't have to go that way." Um
0: I think they got so, fucked by the calendar, like uh, in a lot of situations, <laughs> and, and you can trace that back to, I guess, the beginning of the year when Almas he didn't defeat Almas for the championship. Uh, so that I, I can see the argument there. For me, I would have kept it the way it went, but I think the the way the feud with Ciampa and Gargano like just kind of, I think the calendar snuck up on him, and it. But here's the
1: thing: the logic behind like he doesn't he doesn't win at um at uh he doesn't beat Almas is all right, well. Almus was just made champion. We're gonna make him. We don't wanna run that same issue that we had with uh with Ember. Yeah, it made his person tottering insignificant. Okay, fine. At least that at least that means you still have, you know, with Johnny, you still have Brooklyn, your WrestleMania, your biggest show of the year to build towards. Then you get to the biggest show of the year, and then you beat him in the, in the worst way possible. <laughs> so for me, it's like okay, so. Like, where do we go now? And then we get Black versus Gargano when we were originally, like, to be fair, we were originally supposed to get uh,
0: a three-way here. three-way. Yeah.
1: Supposed to get a three-way. Right? And, you know, Chompa was going was gonna to sneak out the back door and champing off that. We know yeah. that, right? We're yeah. Of that. But at least, like, that would have saved Black and Gargano the embarrassment of losing to this fucking guy. And then so like that happens and and then uh so Black ass, Black's hurt. So they decide to do this this angle and it's like, okay, so your whole idea was to turn Gargano heel. Okay. Your story was that he was going to I guess we got to say that for whatever. My point my yeah. point is based like
0: so war games, yeah.
1: No, no. For me, what makes more sense, what would have made a lot more sense, it would have been the same. It would that the same exact, the same as reaction. Your point is, you want to get Johnny Gargano to be a heel because you want to extend his his uh, you want to extend his shelf life in NXT. Okay, fine. Making the champion of Brooklyn, that means he has won the feud with with Garga, with with Champa. He is now done or uh he has now moved on. He's a champion because he's been the main event of all these of all these takeovers. So he's now the champion that signifies that like that status anyway, cool. And also, you're still doing the who done it thing, or you did the who done it. still thing turns out to be him. Ritter. All you have to do is he's a top babyface champion. We got everyone got their moment. where They were so happy for this, dude, or so happy with ruined for this dude for all this time, and then
0: he's a fuck nigga. We do the
1: same thing where he's a champion, and it turns out that yeah, this as a fucking secret. guy. This fucking guy wanted to kill Garga or wanted to kill Ciampa, but all he can see is red like a bull, even though re- bulls are really sick. You get my point, you get the, yeah. the same. Yeah. All he does is see red about this whole situation with uh, with with Ciampa that the first person he runs into out in the parking lot is Aleister Black. So he decides, I want this dude so bad that I need him. I, I want all of him. I want all, I want. I, I don't want anybody, I don't want anybody in the way of me getting my hands on trying to murder this person. Right. So I'm going to take him out too along the way. And then you say, this is then it turns to a slow burn story and it's there and everything. It still comes all stuff you want it to. This, but it's like, yeah, we still we still got this black Gargano match, but like it was for it was for a lesser title. And it, you saw it was, it was really for no I'm oh, sorry, it was, yeah, I'm sorry, it was for no title. Like, to be honest, like, why is not Black getting another title, getting a title shot um, at the next Takeover? He he never lost his title.
0: Well, he, he never got a rematch. Oh,
1: Let me phrase it. He never got his rematch.
0: That's my, so That might be worth that that, that might be where they're going. Uh, I haven't read the spoilers or anything for the okay. championship stuff. So, um, and and please don't spoil this for us. (laughs) I know one place they're going and it sounds kind of interesting, but yeah, it's, it's it's, it's wild. For me, me, and
1: then (sighs) the, the only explanation I can think of for why they didn't do it for the, why they went the way they went was. We want to turn is still. They want to turn around heel. But we don't know what kind of attraction Champa is when he's not the champion and he's rubbing it in your face and there's also no Johnny in the way. So we'll have him basically have a hope spot of a match with with Dream and people will love it because they they put they killed the fucking they they, killed, they tore the damn house down. But my point is that like if that's not a title match it doesn't get the same heat. So yeah, to be yeah, fair,
0: yeah.
1: to be fair to them, but I mean like, it wasn't that like, oh my God, he's going to be This Oh my God, he's going to be champion. And we'd love the fact that he might be champion. It wasn't that, oh, he's beating Chomp because Chomp is this, you know, this dynamic force of a wrestler. Like he's a great promo. He's a great character, but like when he, but it doesn't feel the same when he's not around Gargano to me.
0: Uh-huh. That's at fair. least for now. That, yeah, that, that that's team. fair to say. Like, and you know, Look, and he had,
1: awesome,
0: he, yeah. Uh, but but to wrap up the legacy of like take over Brooklyn as like a staff record label crew franchise. Like this was yeah. the fourth one. This is where they started yeah. uh, the expansion. NXT pretty much has just grown from there and and take over Brooklyn has become such an important concept in the lore of NXT. Uh, This was an awesome way to like wrap it up essentially as they move toward to, I believe Toronto next year. So that'll be um, the, the show, but do we,
1: can we talk about, do we have to talk about, or can we talk about the fact that like they're going to, they're going to be at Barclays for the Royal Royal, or sorry, for WrestleMania weekend. And they're calling
0: it, Take
1: over New York instead of Brooklyn
0: Five. I, I, I Shouldn't we
1: all have an issue with that? I have an issue with that. It bothers yeah. the hell out of me.
0: So I, I think they want to keep that link with the SummerSlam brand like it's his own thing. I think it's stupid, too. Uh, but the
1: thing is, they're not, we don't know when they're going to be back in Brooklyn for a the SummerSlam. They, they might never go back.
0: Never know. Um, yeah. So they did move it to Friday. Really interesting hearing a lot of things why that could be, you know, the case. Uh, I, I definitely think it was a fan friendly thing, uh, but it was like an unintentional fan friendly thing because, you know, th- there may be some fear about getting outdrawn on that night or if, you know, takeover somehow didn't sell out. Uh, that's one line of thought. Friday, yeah. like maybe they have something huge for the Hall of Fame plan. You never know. Uh, and it's not really, and I, I believe we were talking with finish all like, uh, about this. I was like that people will go to the hall of fame. Like they're, they're like the belt marks, like, <laughs> like they're not, they're I, <laughs> what else All the belt marks out there? Like, but it's not, dude, the, it's not the same audience.
1: When you said that in the thread, I, I fucking howled because <laughs> you're absolutely right. Like the belt, like. The belt marks are is, is like the F one fifty Twitter people. Yes, yes. you know what I mean like y'all are so just y'all are clearly on one side, and like y'all can to hell with y'all in that whole entire side. Like <laughs> like y'all have no y'all have no sense of even close to objectivity. So like congratulations, go out there and cheer on uh the fucking godfather uh, charles wright is as in as a wb hall of famer because we, we all we all thought that you know back in the fucking 90s and when he was a good father or kama mufasa or the wish doctor <laughs> doing their racist shit, that dude was a hall of fame act right and whatever like uh, whatever you enjoy your you enjoy your night like in the in the, you know and like there, the fantasy land of, uh, in the fantasy land of you know of uh well of mark i'm not mark of uh what do you say what's the word <sighs> what's the word <sighs> not pupil um basically basically like the, the, just like the biggest like wwe apologists or whatever oh, like yeah, people that yeah, drink yeah. The, like the kool-aid drinkers the kool-aid drinkers that's the best way to put it yeah like yeah, yeah.
0: so like, like and and i item. Yeah, like and I and I think it was a cool thing because they like, you know, they pop NXT back on Friday. Now, uh, you know, we can not only go to Madison Square Garden, we can go to Takeover as well, which is awesome. They're gonna sell more tickets that way. Potentially two people that were already, you know, committed to go somewhere Saturday night, already sold out in MSG. So I think it's a win-win for for the fans. It was not designed to be this win-win thing for the fans because I I think there's an ulterior motive here. But, you know, regardless, like, it's a thing. So, Uh, But the last takeover of the year uh, was a couple weeks ago was NXT TakeOver War Games featuring the debut of Matt Riddle um, coming, you know, in defeating Cassie Ono in six seconds, which which was awesome. Um, Shayna Baszler... And Kyrie Sane running it back once again in a two out of three falls match, uh, where Shayna got the victory. Alistair Black and Gargano, as we mentioned in that classic they had, as well as Dreaming uh Chompa in the classic they had. And then we had a war games match, which actually resembled more of a traditional war games with the two teams, um, four members each. It went long as hell. Um <laughs> it was it there's no way around it. Like it was about as long as Okado Omega 1, but like Okada Omega 1 just flew by compared to this. Um. Well, because <clears throat> there weren't just like heat
1: and come. There wasn't just heat for three minutes, then come back for three minutes, then heat for three minutes, then come back for three minutes, then heat for minute three minutes, and then come back for three minutes. Like you know, it it was a back and forth that and that had ebbs and flows or whatever, supposed to systematically like heat for three minutes exactly. Then the comeback figures exactly, and then we're going to keep doing it over and over and over. And then after that, we're going to wrestle basically a whole ass match after after doing that. So, yeah, I, yeah, definitely. It yeah. was, but I will say it was still a great match, regardless of,
0: yeah, how long it went or whatever. Like,
1: long, it was still a great match,
0: yeah. It was, um, and Ricochet with double backflip. I think he's like, <laughs> like, like, there's no words to describe like the greatness of Ricochet. Like at this point, uh, Pete Dunn was back uh, spot duty here, um, and of course, like the undisputed era. This is kind of like their like this is their second War Games match. So who knows if there'll be in a third one if they get all called up by that time. But um, for me, this show was, was excellent as well. Um, You have the two huge matches, the war games, and the women's match kind of gets shortchanged, I think, on, on what it really could have been, but it was still awesome for what it was. This was an- yes. another banner night in NXT history. Um, yes. And it makes me sad. All of this greatness this year has made me sad because all of these, these excellent performances, these guys putting it on a line all year, becoming stars, they're all still here in NXT. They're not the ones that are going to be pushed as the stars on Raw and SmackDown. Andrade San Almas was taken away from this brand, uh, essentially. If you look back, look at it now, for no reason. Um, AOP, AOP, a- 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 uh, just a joke now. And it's like these guys. Like I, I feel like I know what awaits for them on the other side. And it's like. Yeah, I, I'm so happy now, but when you get caught up, it's like, yeah, you're you're jumping straight into the mouth of hell. Like, like literally, we don't know what's going to happen to you. <laughs> and then, you know, you see, like, now they're running all these Lars Sullivan vignettes, and they're pushing this thing. It's like, yo, what brand is he going to be most dominant on? He's a free agent. He was the star of none of these shows of your developmental.
1: I mean, well... He does have a five star match.
0: Bitch, <laughs> you dumb. Know? Bitch, you dumb. Know? Bitch, you dumb. Know. But yeah, like you look at it, like when we get to war games, they have one homegrown guy, right? That is yeah. any type of like like future, like where we like, oh okay, he might have the juice. Like, yeah. He's a
1: dream Velveteen is the only um homegrown, quote unquote homegrown town that we know for sure can hang. Yeah. At yeah. that level, that we know and for sure. I'm sure there are a bunch of other guys that have the potential to get there or whatever else, but we haven't seen it yet. But like, we know for sure if there's anybody um, that 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 can. It's Velveteen on the on the male side of the of the NXT slash developmental roster.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, and, and it's and it sucks because like you know like I, I look at someone like Pete dunn I'm like this guy should be a superstar on Raw right now, and you know yeah. I look at Ricochet, it's like well. You know, I, I had this whole thing like I don't think Ricochet should have even had to go to NXT. It's like this guy's a superstar right now. What are they fucking around for? Like, and this brand, I think it's at a point where I think people are going to start thinking about it more in the terms of like, yo, it's like they're going to be sad to see these people go, and they're going to be wondering like what NXT really is at this point. And I, I have a good idea what it is, and I've been very emotional and passionate about it in our, like, you know, group threads where I feel like it's a, it's a charade, like for a, you know, it's a vanity promotion, like designed to keep a lot of these people away from anywhere else in the world, becoming stars and then develop like your Strowmans, your Larses, your Elias's, your Mandy Rose, like all these people. that are Alexis. actually Alexas that are they're actually going to give the push to when it comes to the time on the main roster when they are not becoming stars in developmental. They are not getting over with the crowd or even being trusted most of the time to be put in these positions. Lars Sullivan was the only one that really like that was like a project that got a whiff of of them trying to. Like, put him in there and see what he had. Like, yeah, Velveteen Dream, and, he has it. And, He's- yeah.
1: And another thing about that is, like, Lars, even when he was – like, even Lars, when that happened, he didn't suck when this stuff happened. He just green. And it's like, you know how WWE style is, how much slower it is on the main roster compared to – um, the guys, the veterans he's worked with in NXT, you would think that, like, if you give him, you would think that he would get better working with the guys that have not been thrown into the WWE, been, like, put through the WWE style of slow wrestling for the last decade, however long these guys have been on the main roster, like, getting a steady diet of that. You think he would be better served wrestling almost, or at the time, like, over his, like his whole tenure? Armises and, and, um, Strong's and O'Reilly's and, uh, Ricochet's and, and, uh, Gargano's, you think he'd be better served to get better as a wrestler faster doing that than going to the main roster. And then like, you might get a, you might get a match or two or three, uh, over the next two, two, three weeks, whatever. Like, you would think he would be able to get better like, working sitting under that particular uh, learning tree compared to the main roster. But right they're gonna know, have him like, they're gonna
0: have him do limited things on the main roster, wrestle like do the big man stuff. I guess it, what they figure is like you know how Strowman was. They essentially sent him like they can't teach Braun Strowman how to be a giant in NAC, right? Right. So so they had right. to they had like he was kind of a special scenario, or whatever like where they had to put him on a road and like send, send him to Kane, Undertaker, big um, or excuse me, Kane, Big Show, Mark Henry finishing school. But that's not the <laughs> case for Lars because Lars, despite of what you think he's a regular size motherfucker, but he's just wide as hell. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And,
1: and nowadays those guys aren't around like they, like they were for Strowman. Like when right. Strowman had that, when Strowman had that cage match, that quote, that, uh, you know, with I'm sorry, with with Big Show or whatever, or or he you know was working with Kane or whatever else, like those guys were and Mark Henry or whatever. Those guys were still around. Now Lars shows up to, to the quote unquote the Monster Academy, and if he's on Raw, who's there to teach him? Strowman, who just you know like Strowman, who's who's still, let's say, is a junior senior in these in, in courses, right? he's the person, he's not like the four, the, he's the he's four better not to be a, a big dominant force. Like, yeah. nah, you need more season years. Like, if he's on SmackDown, they're like, yo, yeah, Big Show, yeah, Big Show take is on his fine, that's fine, but like, he's on Raw, he's like, I don't know, bro. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, and
0: and, and and this whole thing, like, it, it makes me, like, it makes me appreciate, like, how good NXT was this year, and, but it makes me sad is, like, where what's gonna happen to all these people I care about, essentially. Like
1: <laughs> Well I mean I mean given how given how the main rosters went this year, or the last two years, honestly, um and given how good NXT has been, I have it is gonna frustrate me is always gonna frustrate me to no end when um, WWE does stuff that they didn't they they didn't have to do. They just did because whatever. Um but when the when the when it's NXT or sorry anything on the network that's not the main roster or um it's it's you know things uh, lining up well for WWE to give you something com- truly compelling or gripping on the main roster. I, I I just appreciate it like like the Becky thing just like. It's a bright, it's a bright, it's it's a bright spot amongst all the stuff. Is like she yeah, deserves you know, it, uh, bro. She
0: deserves it. You know, we said
1: through, through a lot of this, you stupid. We said through a lot of, um, you know, mediocre tele or TV or whatever else, um, on through those five hours every single week. But like, but things come through, like. I don't want to say that it, ma- it makes it all worth it because it doesn't. Uh, because there's a lot of there's a lot. <laughs> red. There's, yeah, there's a lot more duty than diamonds. But like it, may- it does make me appreciate the diamonds. And like, even when I was younger, even when we were younger, and we were like, you know, weren't really critical about um, their television as a product. We were just more into seeing like Stone Cold Steve Austin or whatever else. Like even back then, that was happening. Where like, what is all this bullshit? Like, can Steve come out here and stun Vince? Like <laughs> so, so like we we've always kind of had a like there's stuff that just feels great and, and awesome and then there's other stuff that just feels like why is this even on the show? So um but now that I'm older I can appreciate it as opposed to like because like I'm aware of the some of the garbage that's been you know put on our screens. So like NXT is like I'm just happy that NXT is around because like can you imagine what what your fandom will be like with WWE in general without NXT around? I would probably can you imagine it. I, how, I, how much worshipy?
0: I would probably I would probably like just been like you know what I'm just going to watch New Japan exclusively and yeah get like like the rest of them dudes like I, I'll see Dan Bryan whenever I see him like <laughs> like yeah <laughs> like we you
1: know like. I, I spent a good chunk of this uh, show, you know, really expressing like my frustrations with the story for for how this Johnny Johnny Gargano thing turned out. But for weeks, I was just like, "What? What? What is this? What even is this?" And then it turns out, lo and behold, that he's the guy that had laid out uh, Black, and then he cuts that promo, like explaining, like. I have broken bad and it's like, look, just for the machinations of and logistics of this stuff, I can I can I can disagree and I can I can clearly we can all see that like there was a better path to go down. But uh-huh. after he cuts that promo, you're just like, you know what? what they did wasn't a bad decision. It was just the least good one. Mm-hmm. So you can live with that because it's like, you know, you're going to get good television out of it. Yeah. It may piss you off, but you know, it's going to lead you towards something compelling as opposed to when we talk about the other end of the WWE stuff, when it's like, yeah, they did this thing. And then you they expect you to have faith in where they're going to go. And it's like, you have no faith with me in, in that situation because you've bur- you've burned my, you burned me in too many times in that you, situation. So you've, tra- you've trained me NXT, to think
0: the worst is coming.
1: Right? Because most often it does it as opposed to on oh, NXT is like, you could have faith like eventually or not eventually, like they're never going to give you, they're never going to give you a bad product. It just, or, or they, they just, or they just haven't yet anyway. So, like for the time being there's no reason to not to not like you know buy in
0: yep and looking back as a whole like i think this is the greatest NXT year quality wise ever uh, obviously like business wise like you know nc's not like going to make money or anything like that but it's not supposed to it's not supposed to it's, it's an investment it's developmental so you know developmental but they um the profile has never been higher. The expectations have never, they've never come through on the expectations as emphatically as they have recently with the expansion of uh, the the UK takeovers coming. We're going to see if it spins off like the franchise, if like, you know, and that whole thing, like the the UK is already hotter as a brand than a lot of the properties on the WWE network, like such as like a 205 live or something like that. So.
1: So it did it, did it real fast. Like they've only done, I think they've done ten episodes or something like that. Like no. you know, some of these ep- some weeks they've doubled up. But like UK's only been around for you know barely three months or not even three months, and it's already hotter than two hundred five live. It makes you think. Yeah. Um. Like really, I mean, and I will say this: it definitely helps them and benefited them that they had someone like Tony Storm. That if you if you're on the network. You know Tony Stone's a star. If you have the network, you know that Tyler Bate and Trent Seven are stars. You know that Pete Dunn is. I said, yeah. Uh, you know Real. that Pete Dunn is is like a wrestler is one of the is a wrestler of the year contender for anybody that's on any WWE uh, television or any any WWE programming at all. You know he's a he's a contender for that. So, like they kind of had a leg up in that. From that perspective of people being able to. Buy in and believe as opposed to like, you know, remember when we were watching like, you are know, like, oh yeah, you know, having NX, they're putting NSC on in like, 2014, like, oh yeah, they're putting NSC on network or whatever. Yeah. Like they're having this like pay-per-view special deal or whatever else. Let's see how that goes. And then like you have to see it to believe it that Cesaro comes down there and has a damn classic with with the Sami Zayn guy um yep. to to get it as opposed to like now, we've seen this with we've seen this with 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 um British strong style and Tony Storm. Like those are stars and like, you know, if you've seen the um the tournaments over the last two years, the UK tournaments over the last two years, you know those guys, you know those guys have guys that can rustle their asses off. So like they they built up some credibility before you even launched the show. It's amazing how that works.
0: Yeah. But um that's going to wrap up uh, the NXT Takeover show year in review, the first of you know several like year end shows that we have on deck. Of course, we're bringing okay. back what's up. So can I ask you what's up? Not best match.
1: Not what's your not, not what's the best match? What's your favorite NXT match from this year on um, Takeover?
0: I would have to say. Probably gargano and Chaba one hmm. gargano and Chapa one, and if it's not that, I think you're talking about um I think you're talking about Almas and gargano
1: yeah I, I think I agree with you on um Chapa gargano one um but i i i yeah, I gotta say like um. I, I really want to see uh Baton and Ricochet. I'm sorry, Dunn and Ricochet have a have a takeover match like that match they did. They they, they let them have you know go for length, and then they decided to have the run in with the undisputed era. Like, I mean, I was actually I was on the phone with you and Jeremy as that match was going on, setting up for a for a podcast. I was like, yo, yo, are y'all watching this match? Do y'all see what's going on here? Like, they're having a five star match. Like, just. Just like like a pickup basketball game. They're just,
0: they're just like, yeah, let's
1: just have them in the ring and wrestle each other. Okay, that would be cool. And then they go out there and they're and they're having like a you know, a damn classic and they have a, a fuck finish with to get out of it. But it's like I can't wait for them to actually really do this on a large stage when there's actually like a build for it. Like that match is gonna be incredible. That match is gonna be five stars if, if they just got in the way and just do what they did last time.
0: Yep. But yeah, um, as I mentioned, uh, we we have several year end shows coming at you. We got the fuck out of here draft, which we're bringing back, um, which is going to be uh, you know that that's our annual Christmas show, essentially. Uh, we got, of course, One Nation Radio Awards, which I'm working hard to finalize as soon as you know WWE TLC is off the air. That will pretty much close our voting period, um, and. What else we got? Uh, we got the WWE pay per view year in review, which is going to be ooh, I, bro. I don't even know if like,
1: why <laughs> like, if it's worth doing that shit. <laughs> it's gonna be a roller coaster because they. I mean, it's gonna be a low, a low coaster. I mean, honestly, right though. I think I think the thing that's gonna kill, or, or what? Not what I think it is the thing that's gonna kill the memory of most of these pay-per-views are their main events where yeah. like you have these, like the, the Brock Lesnar match, is or the Brock Lesnar Roman the match, she gets booed out of the booed out of the fucking Superdome. Um, are, are you also including, uh, like the Saudi Arabia shows and the Australia show? Yeah. Okay. So then you have like the fuck finish with the confusing finish with the, uh, the cage match with Lesnar and, and Roman. Um, you got Roman getting booed. You getting got Roman getting booed out. And people will leave or leave out of his fucking match with Samoa Joe because they decide to, you know, have Joe do nothing to get the crowd to cheer for Roman to do anything, to, just so they can uh, entertain themselves. And people decide, nope, we're just gonna leave instead. Um, like, you got the you got the survive the SummerSlam thing where like the the, the, the main yeah, event isn't even a fucking it, yeah, like the main event is not even a fucking match. They they just a uh, small to get out of there. Um, hell in a cell, another small to get out of there. Like, yeah, like, they did a lot of damage in these main events. Um, and that like ruins your perception of how good some of these undercards were. Oh, so
0: man,
1: I think, I think, I think we, I think we need to kind of examine. I, I think when we do the show, I think we need to try to examine that. Like, I'll, I'll probably like look through it more, but like, I'm talking about his. Like, they they shat the bed on or purposely shat the bend on so many main events that it's like. Even if these, like, even, even the cars that were good, like, in where, you know, met your expectations for how good some of these cars could be, um, like, they get to the event and they just, like, just, just put a bad taste in your mouth.
0: Right. Um, but, yeah, we, we got, you know, some more stuff coming up for y'all and um, make sure you guys check out all the rest of the shows on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Keeping the Strong Style with Jeremy and Josh. I was actually on their show on Thursday. Uh, they just got their New Japan voting uh, for their awards. Uh, going on doing they, they've got several responses, uh, and so I think they're you know killing their uh voting counts uh for last year. So make sure you guys vote on that. Um, so while we got Ricky and uh, the Ricky and Clyde wrestling show shout out to Those guys that are at ICW uh right now, so they had Jeff Jarrett there. <laughs> but yeah, which is always hilarious. Uh, uh, make sure you guys check out the Outsider's Edge with Rans and Kyle, and then also grown men watch this shit. So. Um, yeah, we got plenty of stuff coming. Uh, what look out soon for the One Nation Radio Awards uh coming. And yeah. Anything else, James, before we roll about out of here? Nothing. NXT is
1: awesome. Um, and I'm happy that I've started watching it full time and um I can't wait to uh immerse myself even more into NXT uh in this history uh over the next uh coming months or whatever. Like uh Things are on deck. Let's put it that way. We'll we'll fill you in um in the coming uh, few
0: weeks. Yeah, but that's gonna wrap it up. We are out of here. Peace. Later.